0: Would you please pray with me? Oh, Father God, how we long for that day when all eyes will see the glory and the beauty and the worth of your Son, our Savior Jesus. And God, we're here today, we're here today celebrating the beauty and the glory and the worth of Jesus because of your grace to us, Father, and the life, death, and resurrection of your Son and the gift of your spirit that has given us the ability to see even today and to taste even today the goodness of Jesus, the glory of our Lord, the beauty of a Savior with pierced hands and pierced feet. Father, we long for your kingdom to come and that day where every tongue will confess the glory and the beauty of Jesus. Continue to fill this room with your presence, O God, the spirit of your son, so we can continue to see his beauty. And it's in Christ's name we pray, amen. I missed you. About two weeks is about all I can take. For a couple more weeks, that is. But I did, I really missed you, and I love being back. Uh, I want to, first of all, just uh, say thank you to Richard Pratt and Chuck Green, uh, who so well filled the pulpit. I actually listened to Richard in Edinburgh last week. I went online and heard uh, his sermon, was so pleased the way he opened up God's Word and fed you. And, and then there's our pastor emeritus, Chuck Green, who doesn't think I'm not going to listen online to hear him call me the big doofus. Oh, Chuck, Chuck, Chuck. What do you expect from a dolphin fan, for goodness sake? So uh, That groan showed more love to him than me. That was not fair. Out with the old, in with the new. No, thanks, Chuck. It was awesome. If you'll turn me in your Bibles, as we wrap up this kingdom series, and I promise you this, this is not, this is not wrapping up our focus on the kingdom of God in this church By God's grace, I hope every chance that God gives me the privilege and the joy to stand up before you and to preach God's word, I hope it is filled with Jesus and his kingdom. But today we're going to come to the close in this particular series of uh, the kingdom of God. And we're going to look at a very, very challenging verse or passage that Jesus has for us. A call to follow hard after Jesus. So, we're going to look into Luke, Luke's Gospel, chapter 9. We're going to be looking and focusing on verses 57 through 62. Now, for those of you who really love Jesus, uh, Matthew also gives us this story. If you want to look to Matthew 8 and put your finger there, uh, we're going to look at 18 through 22. We're just referred to that. But then you'll have both Luke's account and Matthew's account uh, here this morning. And it's incredible. Because it's this kingdom of God that Jesus came proclaiming. It was Jesus after his very first sermon in his hometown where he says, I can't stay here. I got to go. And as I go, I have to proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God. I got to proclaim it everywhere I go. It's this kingdom of God that Jesus would say that we have to pray for. That we got to pray that the kingdom would come. That his will would be done on earth as it is in heaven it's this kingdom of god that jesus would say on a sermon on a mount he would say that we have to seek it first of all the things we do of all of our pursuits in life it's this kingdom that must be ultimate in our lives we must seek it first it's the kingdom of god that jesus says that should be number 1 in all of our pursuits and our possessions he he compares the kingdom to a pearl of great price And he says, take everything you have and sell it all. Leverage everything so that you don't miss this kingdom. Because it's worth more than anything else we could ever have. It's this kingdom of God that should be first in our pursuits and our possessions and our passion and our church. And now we're going to look at the cost of this kingdom, the cost of following hard after Jesus. Let's read God's word together. I'll read it aloud. You read along with me uh, silently. Um, But let's be mindful because God loves us. He's given us his word. It's holy without error. It's not going to lead us astray. And we're very, very thankful that as we follow Jesus, he's given us his word and his spirit to bring light to his word. Luke 9, verse 57. As they were going along the road, Someone said to him, I will follow you, Jesus, wherever you will go. Now, if we look back at Matthew 8, we'll realize that this isn't just any someone. In Matthew 8, it tells us that this is a scribe. This is a religious leader. Someone who has a great amount of knowledge about God and his word. Someone who has a phenomenal influence with the religious community. I mean, this is a heavy hitter. This is one of the religious elite, not just some ordinary somebody like you and me. This is is a somebody who will come to Jesus and say boldly, I'm going to follow you wherever you go. And then Jesus said to him, foxes have holes, birds of the air, they have nests. But the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. To another, he said, and again, Matthew tells us who that another is. It was a disciple. I mean, again, it's a religious person, someone who was following. So he says to another, to another disciple, follow me. But this disciple said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, Leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. And Luke tells us, yet another said, Jesus, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Jesus, I've decided to follow. If no one else will follow Jesus, I have decided to follow you. But Lord, but Lord... Let me first say farewell to those at my home. And Jesus said to them, him, "No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God." You think we need to pray after that passage? I know I do. That's an incredible passage that Jesus has for us this morning. So will you please join me in prayer and let us pray and seek God's guidance and wisdom. Father God, I sit before you a broken sinner who is so nervous and fearful about this passage. Fearful about what it means in my own life. Fearful of the complications. Trying hard to understand. And God, these people, your people, do not need to hear my opinion on what this text says. This is so important, Jesus. This is so important when it comes to your kingdom and what you're telling us. And on the surface, it just seems craziness. So God, would you do that only, which only you can do? Would you speak? Would you speak clearly through a broken vessel who desperately, desperately needs to hear the truth of this text? God, would you open up our ears to hear the voice of our shepherd, of our beautiful Savior? Would you open up our minds and send your spirit to illumine our minds so that we can understand what in the world does this text mean? And Father, would you press Jesus into our souls and into our shoe leather so that we will walk in the truth of this passage in a way that makes you famous, Jesus, in a way that brings you glory, in a way that shows your beauty? Father, the things that are my opinion or the things that are Jeff Jakes' soapbox, may they crumble. But the things that are true, even as challenging as they might be, would you use them to pierce our hearts and make us more like Jesus? We pray this in his powerful name. Amen. $60 million. $60 million. That was the latest figure that I heard that the American Idol TV show raised last week for needy people here in the U.S., and throughout the world. Pretty amazing. Think about that for a minute. A TV show just raised $60 million to give away for those in need. And let me tell you, it should say something about the desire of our people that live with us and around us, of our community. We want to give. We want our lives to count. We want our lives to go to to, to saving others. Last week, uh, I, I was on a walk, uh, dreaming and thinking about this church. Actually, Carl Smith and I were walking around his neighborhood and, and trying to figure out how to best uh, lead this church for God's glory. and We came in and American Idol was on. Now, I'm usually kind of into American Idol, but I've missed it this year. And I don't know who's who. And so I'm kind of out of it. And it's not in our household, usually. Uh, and our, our family has their favorites. But I'm just kind of out of it. I think that's kind of my life. I'm just kind of out of it, all right? But we walk into Carl's house, and there is Diane Smith dialing up her favorite idol. Just kidding. But she was watching. It's a kind of a comical picture. But we were watching American Idol, and there was Madonna. There was Madonna, and she was hugging these African children who have been affected with HIV-positive And and she was giving such a compelling plea to the American audience. And she says, it just costs so little to save a life. It can be so easy to save a life. And then I I rode home and and the TV was on and there was American Idol and there's Bono. You know, Bono really is like my hero, The, the, the true rock star with an incredible heart. A heart for justice and mercy, a heart for Jesus, and and there's Bono, and he he too is saying it's just so easy to save a life. It's easy. All you need to do is respond. You know what? We didn't even have to leave the comfort of our family rooms. All we had to do was sit there in our nice leather couches, pick up a phone, dial about eleven numbers, and give them a credit card number. We didn't even have to have the money. We could even just put it on the card. And then we could save a life. Who doesn't want to save a life? Who doesn't want to be involved in, in something that makes a difference? $60 million. One TV show. And listen, I applaud them. Don't you think for a minute I'm throwing rocks at a, at, at a uh, TV show that decided to show heart? That's awesome. I think it's phenomenal. They certainly didn't have to do it. They didn't have to give back. But they did. And they raised sixty million dollars but the message that rang in my ears all week since that show was this do you know how easy it is to save a life i gotta tell you comparatively jesus is pretty lousy when it comes to sales and marketing did jeff just say that you're wondering, is he about ready to get zapped by lightning? I'm getting a little away from this guy. I got to tell you, he got hot in the early service, and somebody said, I think he really was striking you by lightning, and no one else saw it. But comparatively, when you think of Jesus and all the opportunities he has in the gospel, when people come up to him and say, I want to surrender my life to Jesus, comparatively, Jesus is pretty lousy when it comes to sales and marketing. The one who is said that he came to seek and to save the lost—that was his whole purpose. He says, I've come from heaven to earth to come and to seek and to save that which is lost. And he doesn't make it as easy as staying home and sitting on the couch and punching in some numbers to save a life. You see, according to Jesus, there's a greater cost for this life-saving business. According to Jesus, if we desire to save lives. We desire to change our society. There will come a cost. And let me tell you again, and I'm going to tell you this over and over and over again, and I hope you'll never get tired of listening to it, but Jesus did come to seek and to save sinners. Praise the Lord. He has sought and found this Savior. And he's called us to himself, and he's, he's called us to himself and away from this world in a sense to be his A-plan to save this world. Jesus is choosing us. He has saved us so that we can go to the world and say, there is a way for life. There's a way for change. There's a way for holiness. There's a way for beauty. It's found in Jesus. Jesus has chosen us, the church, to advance his kingdom and primarily be the vehicle he uses to tell the world of how much in love he is with them. He's choosing us. it's going to cost us something it's going to be more than just sitting and maybe picking up the phone and dialing some numbers but I love Jesus because he's going to deal with us right between the eyes he's going to tell us the truth he's not going to try to hide anything and he's going to tell us the reality that there is a cost this life saving business this A plan of the church it will cost us something it will cost us some comfort I mean, some of us right here being the A plan, we might be called to the mission field. Some of us may need to leave our homes. Some of us may be called to go and and plant churches. Some of us may be called to leave our jobs and do something else because we are the A plan to advance Christ's kingdom. And what this passage says, and let me tell you what this passage says even before we dissect it. What this passage is telling us, what Jesus is saying is this. There shouldn't be a relationship. Or a responsibility that gets in the way of proclaiming the kingdom of God. Here's what he says listen. There shouldn't be any relationship, there shouldn't be any responsibility that gets in the way from seeking first the kingdom of God. The primacy in all that we do and all that we are should be Jesus, it should be his kingdom. And there shouldn't be anything that gets in the way of proclaiming that good news. The first thing we have to see is counting the cost. Look again at verses 57 and 58. Again, they're going along the road. And someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And you know, it sounds like one of those kind of rash kind of, Jesus, I'm with you, I want to go. Where you go, I go. I'm your man, I'm your posse. Wherever you go, Jesus, I'm right behind you. And don't forget, this is a scribe. This is one with religious influence. And he basically seems to rashly be saying, Jesus, I'm going to give you it all. Wherever you go, I will follow I'm going to be with you. I'm right there alongside you, Jesus, wherever you go. And Jesus comes and gives them some really, really bizarre response. And you got to understand, Jesus must be really bad when it comes to marketing and sales. Because you know what he's got on the line right here? This isn't just somebody. This is somebody with influence. This is somebody with a following. And here he has them all teed up, ready to go. He comes running up to Jesus, and he says gleefully, Jesus, I'm yours. I'm telling you right now. There's no place that I'm not gonna go that you go. And I'm gonna follow you. I'm gonna give my life to you. And he starts talking about foxes and birds. What in the world just happened? Is it not one of those things that, <laughs> wait a minute, let me, let me get this right. You got, you got a, a home run hitter that just came up and says, I want to play on your team. You got a man of influence. You got a catalyst. You got a, you got a change maker. I mean, this guy knows his Bible. He's ready to go. And, and, and you're going to say stories about foxes and birds? What, what, what are you doing? You're missing this. You know those commercials uh, that, that want to sell you, and it's amazing. It seems like the same voice that sells us everything in these commercials, and they couldn't be more enthusiastic about what they sell. And there's an incredible urgency to what they want you to buy. I mean, you've got to buy by midnight tonight, right? Because operators are standing by, and basically you cannot live without what they're about ready to sell. If you buy tonight by midnight, here's what they want to do. They're going to throw in a set of Ginzu knives, and these are worth the price alone. I mean, these are good knives. You really want to have these. And if you act really quickly, you've got to respond now because it's a limited number. So hurry up, get up, dial that number, and get this stuff. It's really, really good. And then what happens? His voice drops to almost a whisper. And he starts speaking that speed stuff. You know that stuff? You know that disclaimer that they basically don't want you to really hear, but the attorneys say you've got to have in there? Well, here's the salesman of Jesus. You ready for this? You know what he starts with? He starts with a disclaimer. You got a guy who comes to him and basically says, I'm ready to follow. I really want to follow after you. And Jesus says, now let me just say stop it right there and let's go through some disclaimers. And let me tell you, foxes have holes, birds in the air, they got nests. But I have nowhere to lay my head. You know what he's saying? Do you think, Mr. Scribe, that following the King of kings and the Lord of lords is going to bring you earthly wealth? Do you think, Mr. Scribe, and the fame that you already have, that following after me is going to give you a a, a posh home, a a responsibility that everybody's saying ooh and ah about? You want to follow hard after me? I'm homeless. I'm a vagabond. I'm a rambling man. You want to pursue hard after Jesus, it's letting go of all that you thought you had an identity to and pursuing me. It's giving up your home. It's giving up your name. It's giving up your identity. And let me tell you right from the beginning, and I tell you what, I think it's a message that we have lost in the West in this church Because we have filled auditoriums with preachers who will say, follow hard after Jesus, and prosperity is around the corner. Follow hard after Jesus, and the wealth that you've been longing for is just a couple of gifts away. Is it not true? But Jesus says something radically different. This lousy marketer and this lousy salesman of Jesus has this guy teed up, ready to go, and he says, let me tell you something It's going to cost you everything. Want to follow me? You ready to be homeless? You want my identity? You want a ragamuffin king? Jesus says it's it's gonna be messy. It's gonna be ugly. It's gonna cost you more than you know. You see it's not gonna be easy to save a life. It's not gonna be as easy as staying home and dialing a number. My brothers and sisters, Jesus is calling us to build a city within a city. Listen, a city on a hill. We should be radically different. He's called us to build a kingdom. He's called us to live for his glory. Church, it's us saying that we're gonna follow after Jesus and it's not about our earthly homes. It's not about our earthly identity. It's about him. And we're gonna go. And we're gonna show this city. We're gonna show this world what it means to live for King Jesus. And there's nothing that we're gonna leave behind. And we're going to say we're going to go, and we're going to follow. And by God's grace, we're going to raise up a city right here in Orlando that says Jesus is beautiful, and Jesus is Savior, and Jesus is worth living for and leaving everything for. It will cost you. It may cost you your reputation. It may cost you your job. It may cost you finances. It may cost you comfort. But all oh, the life and the joy to build that city. That city that says his name. You see, Orangewood, you have a pastor that's got a lot of problems. And I wrestle so much with this sermon I'm preaching because I'm such a hypocrite. I am. Because I want it all. I want the world. I I want success. I want a following. But I want to follow Jesus. And the bottom line is, you know what I want? I want to win championships. I I, I want Orangewood to be a heat-seeking missile in Jesus' hands for the kingdom of God. I I want us to realize that we are that A-Plan, that God is choosing us. And I love what Richard Pratt says. Are we playing it safe? I I love what he said. He said two weeks ago, he says, if we really get this, if we really understand this to the core, we're going to change Central Florida, not because of us, but because of him, because of the power of him working through us, saying we're going to give it all away. We're going to follow hard after him. It's going to be about his name and identity. We're going to be that A-Plan. I want to win championships, Orangewood. I truly want to spend my life, my ministry, every breath I have saying we're going after it. We're going to go after it. We're going to try to transform community. We're going to try to give away the resources we have. We want to see change. But it's going to cost us. It's really, really going to cost us time, energy. It's all going to be worth it. But we can't expect to sit back on our couch and dial a number and just save our city. we got to be willing to move forward on the edge of our stairs and say, you know what, we're going to build a championship team. Not only is there a cost, but in 59, we see proclaiming the kingdom. All right, Jesus is 0 for 1 in his sales and marketing so far. He's got this guy all teed up and ready to go. And what does he do? He starts talking about foxes and birds and basically say, follow me, okay, are you ready to be homeless? But he got another chance. He said to another disciple, follow me. And again, this guy responds positively. He's ready to go. He's not saying no. Jesus isn't trying to prove to this guy that he is Lord. He's got someone who is a disciple. And he says to this disciple, I want you to follow me. And the man says, but Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, Jesus, the salesman, Jesus, the marketer, got a disciple ready to go. You ready for what he says to him? Let the dead leave the dead to bury their own dead, but as for you, as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom. You see, we certainly don't see one with very much savvy in marketing. Let the dead bury the own dead. What in the world is he saying? You see, it's obviously his father is not is alive. Uh, It's not like he just has one funeral to go to and then he's there. Here's what he's basically saying. Jesus, I have my own father that I'm really following after right now. Jesus, I have my own family that I'm involved with right now. Jesus, I have my own identity that I'm in right now. Jesus, I have my own plans right now. I have my own purposes right now. I have my own pursuits right now. And Jesus, in the name of, but let me first, I'm going to put you in the back seat. I don't want to change my schedule. I don't want to change my identity. I don't want to change my lifestyle. I don't want to change my plans. And Jesus says, let the dead bury their own dead. You see, God has rescued us through the work of his son and given us life and life abundantly to proclaim the good news of Christ. First and foremost, to proclaim the kingdom of God. And if we engage in all of these other activities of life, really all they are is dead activities of life. We're just burying the dead. You see, he had a dreaded, he had a dreaded, let me first. What's your dreaded, let me first. What's your dreaded, let me first, Lord. Oh yeah, I'll follow Jesus, but let me first. You see, there's an urgency here to the kingdom. There's an urgency here that Jesus is saying. He's certainly not telling us to not honor our father and mother. He is. As a matter of fact, he gets in the face of other religious people who try to say, I don't need to honor my father and mother because I'm giving it all to you. And if you look very closely, and let let me give you this. It's in Mark 7, verse 10 and 11. Look at the other side of this. Jesus is not telling us not to honor our fathers and mothers. But what he's saying is be ne- there better not be any relationship or any responsibility that gets in your way or my way or Orangewood's way of proclaiming the good news of Christ. There should be an urgency of this kingdom that nothing else should come first. Do you hear me, my brothers and sisters in Christ? This is who we should be. There should be an urgency to this, that we move forward in our chairs and say, Jesus is king and we must proclaim it. And nothing can get in the way of that reality. Corporately, we got to, as leaders, continually ask ourselves are we seeking first the kingdom of God? There's a great story that I must tell you about. It's a story of a demon possessed man. And this demon possessed man, no one could control him. I mean, chains couldn't hold him down. He's like roaming around in tombs by himself. And it's an incredible. He's affected the entire city, and no one knows what to do with this guy. And along comes Jesus. And along comes Jesus who takes a legion full of demons and drives it out of this man and gives him life and relationships. And there goes a herd of swine over a cliff and the village people come and gather to see and marvel at the town nutcase clothed in his right mind. Jesus had come to town. Lives were being changed. Evil was being driven away. And the town said, Jesus, get out of here. We don't want your kingdom. We don't want your plan. We don't want your identity. You're scaring us to death. You've already killed our business profits. They went right over the cliff. And here you have this man for the first time saved, for the first time has life. And what does he do? He clings to the one who's given him life and given him new identity and given him hope. And he clings to Jesus says, Jesus, wherever you go, I will follow. Jesus, I never want to leave you again. And what does he say to this man? He says this, listen, no, 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 you're not going with me. You're going home. You're going home. You're going back to your neighborhood, your friends, those you work with. I guess he was in the tombs and the cemeteries. He wasn't working with a lot of people then. But he's saying, you're going back home, and you are proclaiming all the incredible things that God has done for you. Orangewood, that is our call. It's not that all of you have to leave to the mission field, or all of you have to go here or there. Jesus is saying, go and proclaim to those around you the good news of Christ. And that is your first and foremost call. First and foremost, go and say what amazing things Jesus has done for you. Proclaim the kingdom. But let me ask you again, what are the dreaded, but let me first? What are you putting first in your life? Don't look back in verses 61 and 62. Yet another said, and Luke's the only one who has this. Yet another one said, I will follow you, Lord. But let me first say farewell to those at my home. I'm with you, Lord. I've decided to follow Jesus. All I want to do is just go back home and I want to say goodbye. And then I'm with you. And here comes our marketing savvy salesman Jesus who's 0 for 2 it apparently seems like. Now he's got the third one all queued up, all ready to go who says, Jesus, I'm with you, I'm following you. Let me just do a little business back at home and I'm right there and Jesus says to him, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. How in the world Did Jesus lose yet another prospect? Seemingly ready to join the team. And all he wants to say is a few goodbyes. I mean, even in the Old Testament, there was a great prophet named Elijah, and he was raising up Elisha, and the same exact conversation took place. And you know what? Elijah, a lesser prophet, said, go back and say goodbye. But Jesus said, no, 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 no. You are not going to be fit if you look back. You know what this really saying in the original language? Because it really sounds really odd, doesn't it? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me, Jesus? I can't go say goodbye. What really, what's saying in the original language is this: Let me go and put my household in order. You know, this is a critical time for me right now. These, these are my career-earning years. And I really got to just really right now do it. Jesus says, let me go right now, okay? And the kids are in the critical stage of my life. And I really, it's right there right now. I got to be there. And really that relationship I have right now with my wife is so critical. And where I am career-wise and where I am right now, let me just go and, and, and put those things in order and get those things right. And then when I'm ready for that, I'll come back to you. Let me just tell you, warning, 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 warning. Hypocrite Jeff is really... Red lights are going off because this is just hitting too close to home. You see, we live in a Christian environment in this country that stresses the need to focus on the family. Is it not true? Is that not good? Certainly it is. One of the biggest, strongest ministries in this country is focus on the family. And I believe what this verse has to ask the question, or it makes us at least ponder, Has our family focus blurred our kingdom focus? Can we talk? I'm amazed at what we're willing to do for our families. I'm amazed. I'm amazed the distance we travel for our kids and the expenses, and I'm amazed. It's awesome. My kid came to the early service, so he couldn't miss that one o'clock baseball game in Leesburg. I'm amazed at the expense that we go through to make sure that our families are taken care of. And there's a lot noble and good about that. And there's an urgency there, and there should be. And listen, I want to be the best father I can be, and I don't want to fail as a husband. I really don't. But you won't believe what I hear why we don't come to church And listen, this is where it gets really dicey because I don't want it just to become about church as the kingdom. And I know it's bigger than that. And I don't want this to be just about my, my soapbox. But I, 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 I'm really struggling with this, my brothers and sisters in Christ, because listen, I want to win a championship. I want to give it away. I want Orangewood to be a heat seeking missile for Jesus. And it's going to cost us something. And, and, and I think we're so willing to, to sacrifice in so many different areas for so many good things. But are we really seeking first the kingdom? This guy said, but first, but first, but first, let me do something else. And Jesus says, listen, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek it first in all that you do. There should be an urgency. We're the A plan. Jesus wants to change our society through us. And we can't just sit on the couch and dial 11 numbers. Are you with me? It's okay, we're gonna have Jesus with us leading the charge. And when we forget this, he's gonna call us back to himself. We can repent and embrace him again. Do we really want to win a championship? Or are we looking back? I think anyone who spent time on a farm really never gets the farm out of his system. I don't know if it's the manure that got into their nostrils and messed something up in their minds, but somehow some farm boy who goes to the farm never really leaves the farm. Is it right? Well, let me just talk to you. I got permission to say this. My dad owns two tractors. He's a businessman, all right? He worked on a farm as a young boy, and he has two tractors. He owns them. We don't have anything to plow. Not one, two. If you go into his barn that he built uh, next to the cottage, it's awesome. He's got some really old, cool farming stuff. He just can't take the farm out of the farm boy, You can dress them up and do all that stuff. We even have on our property a old plow that a man used to stand behind, harnessed to a horse that made furrows, you know? I mean, we have that. That's an ornamental piece in our property. Pray for us. (laughs) Jesus says, you can't put your hand to the plow and look back. You don't be fit because you know what? I learned something about plowing this week. I learned something about the word balk. You see, I thought balk only meant something in baseball, basically. Uh, uncompleted move in baseball, it's called a balk. But really, where balk came from, it's an agricultural term. It's that one person who was, who was plowing a field and making gra- ground tillable and, and, and plantable so that he can have a harvest. And it's about that one who looks away and he balks. And he no longer is plowing dirt in a way that seed can fall and grow. And Jesus is saying to us, don't balk. Because if you're following after me and all you're doing is looking back, looking back at all that is around you, we are not going to be able to till the soil of the kingdom that allows seeds to fall in to make the most beautiful, beautiful fruit for Jesus and make him famous. God has given us a privilege right here in Orlando to be his church and to plow fertile grounds for his glory, starting with our own hearts. And what it takes is for us not to look back, but to say, King Jesus, I have decided to follow Jesus. No looking back. If none will follow, I will go. God, use me. Use me here in this community for your glory and for your fame. What does this look like? I think it's for us, Orangewood, taking a good hard look and saying, do we have any but let me's first in our lives? yeah, I'm following you, Jesus, but just let me first take care of this or let me first do this. We've got to look at the church and say the same thing. I believe there's going to be some things that God's going to call us to say no to that, we, that we're doing right now. I think there's an urgency here for the kingdom and for souls and for this community. It'll cost us something, but will gain us everything. There's just a beauty of Jesus that our community needs to see. And we got to love him and love them enough to show him. We're going to renew our vows. Um, I'm going to pray here in a minute, and I'm going to ask Reggie to come up, and and together we're going to lead you in renewing our vows, saying, Jesus, we really want this. We want to just say, I want to follow Jesus. And let me encourage you, for all of you who the Spirit's speaking to right now, saying, no more, no more, but let me first. Let's do some business, because you know what, Orangewood? We can change Orlando. The gospel can do it. He can use us. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto us. Maybe it's not going to be as easy, Orangewood, as sitting on our couches and picking up the phone to change lives. Maybe it will cost us something, but proclaiming the kingdom of God is worth it. Will you do it with me without looking back? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for a Savior that's beautiful enough to tell us the truth and how much it's going to cost. Jesus, I thank you that you were willing to pay the ultimate cost for us. You couldn't stay at home and just dial some numbers. You had to come down here and have your hands and feet pierced and a crown of thorns placed on your head. Jesus, for us to have this life, you had to die. You had to be placed in a tomb. You had to be humbled so that we could be lifted up. Jesus, it cost you everything. And Father, what a privilege it is to now represent your son powered by your spirit as ambassadors. What a privilege it is to be a part of this kingdom in the A-Plan. Father God, I pray that you would energize us and empower us to do all that we can do, put our hand to the plow and no looking back. We pray this in Christ's powerful name. Amen. On the
1: one hand, each one of us is challenged to put our hand to the plow and say, I'm not going to look back. And each one of us is challenged to say, I don't care if anybody else goes, I'm going. But, that's not the whole story, is it? Because he didn't die just for bodies. He died for a body. He came to, to purchase for himself a bride. Mm-hmm. There is a we here that helps a lot. Mm-hmm. Your voice helps me to raise my voice and really mean it. So we thought it would be a good thing for us individually, but together. Together to renew our vows and to say once again no to sin and yes to righteousness and to the kingdom and to the Son who loves us. So could we stand together and could we once again renounce sin and Satan and say yes to God? Brothers and sisters in Christ, God has entered into covenant with us. Sending his son to cleanse us from sin and join our life to his. Through the birth, life, death, and resurrection of Christ, the power of sin was broken and God's kingdom entered our world. God has made us citizens of his kingdom and has freed us from the bondage of sin. Let us celebrate that freedom. And let us celebrate the redemption that we have by renewing our commitment to his covenant
0: family. I ask you, therefore, my brothers, my sisters, my dear family, once again, to reject sin, to profess your faith in Christ Jesus, and to confess the faith of the church. Trusting in the gracious mercy of God, my brothers and sisters, do you turn from the evil ways of sin and renounce evil and its power in the world, do you? I do. Who is your Lord and Savior? Jesus Christ, Christ is my Lord and Savior. Will you but be Christ's faithful disciple, obeying His word and showing His love? I will, with God's help. And with the whole
1: church, brothers and sisters, let us confess our faith. Do you believe in God the Father? I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. Do you believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God? I believe in Jesus Christ,
0: God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. On the third day he
1: rose again,
0: He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of God the Father. And he will come to judge the living and the dead.
1: Do you believe in God the Holy Spirit?
0: I believe in the Holy Spirit,
1: the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body,
0: and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray together this prayer out of the Valley of Vision. But before you bow your heads, you're going to pray with me. And the words are going to be up there. This is one of my favorite devotionals. I'll lead you and ask you to join me in just a second. Let us pray. Sovereign God, your cause, not my own, engages my heart. And I appeal to you with greatest freedom to set up your kingdom in every place where Satan reigns glorify yourself and we shall rejoice for to bring you honor to your name is our sole desire, make it our sole desire we adore you that you are God and long that others should know it feel it and rejoice in it please join me oh that all men might love and praise you that you might have all glory from the world Lord use me as you will Do with me what you will, but, O, promote your cause. Let your kingdom come. Let your
1: blessed interests be advanced in this world. O, do bring in great numbers to Jesus. Let me see that glorious day and give me to grasp for multitudes of souls. Let
0: me be willing to die to that end. And while I live, let me labor for you. To the utmost of my strength, spending time profitably in this work, both in health and in weakness. It is your cause and kingdom that I long for, not my own. Oh, answer my request.